Easy Good Morning Show with uh, John Hendricks, Robin Mitchell, and our County Commissioner, Randy Brodell. Good morning, John and Robin. It's Hi. great to be back. Thank yeah. you. Good to have so, you. So uh, you're the honcho this year. Well, yeah, I'm the the chairman of the well, board. And that makes you in charge. Yeah, it kind of kind of makes me in charge. It's actually what it means is you you get writer's cramp because you sign more papers. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. You also run the meetings. Yeah, I run the meetings, and uh, it's a position we typically rotate every year. Okay. So. so now running the meetings, that's kind of interesting because you guys all evaluate each subject matter independently. And so you get to kind of see what the quorum is. Yeah, so we we do work <laughs> off of a, an agenda, and uh, there is we of course, if you get into the weeds, we use Robert's Rules of Order, kind of. We're <laughs> a little more lax at the county than uh, you know being really rigid, and and that that flexibility helps us when we're uh, working on local subjects. And then, so your meetings, uh, even though there may not be anybody out in the gallery, so to speak. This is your opportunity to uh, talk to each other. It is because, uh, you know, as by state law, we're not the transparency laws in the state of Montana don't allow us to talk to each other because two commissioners together make a quorum. And uh, if you have a quorum, you have to have a public notice typically 48 hours ahead of time. So that doesn't work too well to just uh, stand in the hall and visit about Mm. a, a, a county subject. Yeah. Well, the big thing that's on everybody's minds right now are the taxes, and uh, I know you cannot be very happy about a vote you guys had to take uh, to accept the 95 mills. Yeah, absolutely, and this was uh, to kind of lay it out in a thumbnail. The uh, Department of Revenue said you need to tax at this rate, and uh, we said, okay, so we put that together. The governor came out and said, I want you to tax at a higher rate. This was about the same time that uh, the state was sending out refunds because they had too much money. And so when the governor said you have to tax at this higher rate, we said we want to follow state law. And so we taxed it at the rate the Department of Revenue said this is the correct rate. The governor went to uh, file suit against us and uh, went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said uh, Department of Revenue is correct, but you've been doing it this way for this many decades, and so we're going to allow the the uh, executive, the governor, to continue to require you to do this. And so um, folks will be seeing a, another bill come out for their May tax bill. Okay, that, that was a unanimous vote, but it's not like you had a choice. No, it's not like we had a choice. We're, we have to stay within state law. We, we felt we were. Um, all but four of the counties across the state did the same thing. There's 56 counties, 52 of us said we're going to do it this way because we believe that's uh, following state law. Um, we do have this, when the Supreme Court makes a ruling, it becomes law for us uh, until that's changed through the legislative process. That, that's what I wondered about because that's force majeure. Well, we're gonna continue to do it this way because we've been doing it this way for a long time, even if it's wrong. So <laughs> yeah, because I, it feels I, so good. Yeah, so what I wondered <laughs> is, is there a mechanic that can fix that? Yes, uh, the legislature can. We have we've been diligently meeting with our local legislators, talking about this. I think that then in the le- next legislative session, you'll see a fix. Um, there's there's several options, but really it'll come down to uh, putting some sideboards on it that says, that that uh, requires the executive to follow a different process than what he's using right now. Mm-hmm. When when we look at this, 
when the Supreme Court looked back for decades, the differences have been very minor. This is the first year that that number has ever spiked. For Flathead County, it's actually uh, $8 million uh, that we're going yeah. to have to, to uh, tax our citizens at a higher rate. Again, we disagreed with the Supreme Court decision. We disagreed with the governor's decision, but we will follow follow law because it's as established by the Supreme okay, Court. Okay, so we're going to pay another $8.5 million. What are you going to do with the money? Uh, well, that money goes to the state government. That so, is not our money. That is <laughs> that goes to the end of the general fund. So we state. don't we get no benefit. No, from it. we we get nothing out of it. Now that's really interesting because the governor likes to say, "Oh, the county's in charge of uh, setting the tax rates." And we are. And yet he he's the one that tells us what we're it. going to to give to the state. No. So the state. There's no. more than one way that the state gets money. As you mm-hmm. know, they get uh, they get taxes from from uh, the, uh, the regular uh, income tax. And then in addition to that, they get money through state taxes. They call it the, uh, it, it's called a, uh, uh, a fund that has the schools attached to it, has nothing to do with schools. Equalization. Goes, yeah. yeah, and it goes straight into the general fund. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with school equalization. Mm-hmm. Up to the, the amount that we taxed at, it does. But at, above that is just hmm. money that goes into the general fund. Now, you've gone back to Helen in the legislature for years and years. You go back, what, ten, at least 10 years now, more than that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, 14, uh, 12 years. All right. Yeah. In that time, when you were dealing with budgets, we were trying to squeeze every penny we could get out of that budget because we didn't have the money that we have now. Right, right. And the economy in Montana is strong. Um, and when the economy is strong, uh, taxes, the revenue generated by the state is strong. So the, this was a different kind of a session this last time because instead of trying to squeeze um, more lemon, more juice out of the lemon, and this time we were trying to figure out how are we going to spend all this money. That's right. It was, and, and you know, that, that's a tough spot to be in. And having uh, been in the legislature when money was tight, it I'll tell you, it'd be a, it's a lot simpler process then than it is to say we, we're flush. Uh, how are we going to uh, do the right thing with this money? And, you know, part of it was give part of it back. Uh, part of it was uh, bank it. And, and so it, it becomes very difficult because everybody has their hand into it saying we want this for a special project here and there. And the legislators had a, a tough session figuring all that out. Okay, now a part of that money or surplus came about probably because of COVID money that came into the state coffers. Yeah, there was a lot of money that came in from the federal government. Of course, it's uh, it's money where they just print paper. It's not really, <laughs> it's not real money. Well, it works. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, listening. To what, you t- what I was wondering is uh, the other thing that I noticed from the last session was originally in the initiative uh, legalizing marijuana, they had laid out that they wanted the money to go to education or whatever the things were. And then, of course, probably rightfully so, the legislature says, no, we decide where the money is spent. And the legislature wanted to spend it on repairing our infrastructure, the bridges and everything. The uh, governor vetoed that because he thought that was a bad precedent. There's yeah. some tough things that went on there. Tough you know, session. Yeah, in the yeah. 11th hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know that the governor 
is uh, has been a, a good businessman, and maybe he thinks he's a better money manager than we are. I don't know. <laughs> he certainly might be. I, I can't can't discredit him for yeah. his uh, business abilities because he's uh, obviously had a very successful business. Yeah. It's uh, mm-hmm. running the state government can be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the big issue you're facing right now as a commissioner? Uh, as of as of Thursday, it's a bridge down Big Fork. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's the biggest uh, biggest issue. Uh, we were not anticipating. All of a sudden, we got actually it was Wednesday morning, I believe, at about ten o'clock. We we got a, a call that said your bridge uh, at the south end of the downtown Big Fork on Bridge Street is uh, can no longer have any traffic, including foot traffic, on it. It was basically it was condemned, yeah. and so that was a surprise for us. And now we've got to uh, figure out a solution. And you know, personally, I've been working with uh, a uh, with Burlington Northern Santa Fe, looking for ideas. If you remember the Yellowstone River, they they had a, a collapse down there that was uh, under Montana Rail Link, which is a mm-hmm. partner of Burlington Northern. Bridge collapsed. Two weeks later, they were running trains across the Yellowstone River, and so. They have some capabilities that we as local government and even the state don't have. And so we mm-hmm. were working very closely with the state of Montana. Uh, Burlington Northern um, has is working on some ideas. We're also uh, met with the uh, county engineer this morning, uh, talked about some different ideas with a wood structure and, and what could uh, be done in, in with a quick turnaround at, at uh, as limited a cost as possible. The state has the the uh, responsibility for funding the replacement of the bridge. It is a county bridge funded by the state. So it makes it a little bit wonky in how we put all that together. But you're thinking now we can at least do a, a, a brief repair to get it until we can build a new one? At least to be able to get people across it, uh, uh, mm-hmm. pedestrians. Yeah. 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 We've uh, got emergency vehicles that need to get across that bridge too. Right. And of course, it's been closed for going on 20 years to emergency vehicles. I, I would like to see us, even if on a temporary structure, if there's a way to do it to get emergency vehicles back across here, because that is a one-way in, one-way out downtown. So if we have a fire conflagration or uh, any other kind of event, having only one way in just doesn't cut it. And I, I know the fire chief down there would stand with me on this and, and uh, would, would confirm they need that. So if we can at least get a temporary repair going on it until it's going to be 18 months before they can even begin construction. At least. And, and uh, it is a little bit difficult. We have utilities. We have the gas main that feeds the, the south end of Flathead Lake, uh, goes, uh, is uh, strapped onto the bottom of that bridge. So we've got oh some, gosh. some issues to deal with there. Uh, we've got, because we can't uh, put working vehicles on the, on the bridge itself, uh, it's makes it uh, a, even more of a challenge. Wow, I didn't know about that. Yeah, that that could be a disaster. Yeah, it could. It could. And, and gas we, line goes. Yeah, and we have the power lines that come off the dam just to the uh, on the east, the parallel of the bridge, just to the east of the the uh, up up river uh, uprights. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of lot of technicalities that have to be addressed in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's more than just uh, getting vehicles across. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I know that uh, Congressman Ryan Zinke met with the uh, chamber last week when he was here and uh, was uh, 
he kind of felt like maybe there was something the federal government might be able to help out with too. Yeah, I, I don't know um, if we if we need or want the federal government to get involved in that. They're really not. Uh, government really isn't designed, especially at the federal level, to fix local small local bridges. Uh, the state has that capability. They've been, uh, I wouldn't say kicking the can down the road, but they have been pushing the the start date on that for many years now. And uh, the community came in initially when they said we we want to put a bridge across here, and the community came in and said we want it to look like the old bridge, and so that put everything back on the table. They redesigned it, and of course, it, yeah, it comes with more costs to make it make it look like an old bridge, and uh, so that that pushed it back, and and uh, now we're looking at at probably at least 26 before they start construction on on replacing the bridge. So this would have to be a temporary fix. Might the uh, well, it, it's great if the uh, temporary fix can work, but might the locals go well? Uh, yeah, we'd rather cross the river than have no bridge for two years. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. I think everybody in the county, all our visitors, everybody wants to be able to get across that bridge. You yeah. think about the different events, the Wild Mile, the the uh, car show that goes on down there, the rodeo, all that heavy traffic that uh, typically we've been letting light vehicles cross that bridge and, and, all, and so that they can park on the other side. Uh, right now, that's shut off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a biggie. Yeah. Then we've got, you know, we've got some other things going on, too. We've got the septage treatment plant. Uh, we're working with uh, Lakeside Water and Sewer on a solution for that. We hope mm-hmm. to have that put together just as soon as possible. We've got the, uh, we've been talking about the uh, purchase of the, the property at the south end of town for a new corrections facility. Uh, we're due to close on that property by the end of the month. Uh, so wow. we've got, we've got wow. big, big things happening. Yeah. One of the things that... Uh, we probably should talk a moment about is uh, the uh, this new housing development up uh, in the West Valley area that will be in the county, and it's going to be a pretty sizable unit, and it will not be on city sewer or water. So now we're going to get a lot of septage from, I think, 128 homes up there? Yeah, I, we haven't seen that come across our desk. That's been uh, over to planning and zoning, so I haven't had, had a chance to look at the details, but but uh, we're looking at that. We're looking at another uh, large subdivision down by uh, the cut across by White Oak there, um, and mm. so we have some. We have a uh, the numbers that we've seen show that we have a need for about 1,300 residences in the valley, and we're building about 1,100 right now. So we we have this compaction problem going on with construction. So there's a lot of folks looking for solutions and. And uh, that's that's what the contractors are real, really up against. We also uh, just to kind of segue a little bit uh, back to an issue we've been dealing with for for several years now, and that's the homeless transient issue. Yeah. Transient issue. We just got the numbers from the uh, local nonprofits that put those numbers together. In the past year, we've seen a, a decrease of 18%, and that's a significant. That's a huge number. And uh, of course, we're. We're, uh, we're really looking at two events that happened a year and a half ago. Uh, that is the city of Kalispell put it together an ordinance that uh, made panhandling illegal with a fine and also giving to panhandlers uh, included a fine. And uh, at the same time, well, actually just before that, we sent out a letter to the community asking the community to really look at this and see what they're doing and make sure that they're not supporting a, a, a well network group. Now, 
Were you were concerned at the time that Kalispell put that uh, ordinance in that uh, the panhandling would move out into the county? We were. That that just hasn't happened. And why yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, we just have not seen that increase in the county. We've actually seen the uh, the transient population. We have about 35 percent of the the homeless population has uh, lived here less than a year. And that's also a big, important number. Those are people that are, have moved into the area for services or are passing through and decided to stop for a while. Big numbers. And, uh, and I, I just, I'm very encouraged that the numbers are going down. We've, we've addressed it through uh, security. We've addressed it through, uh, at, like at the library. Uh, the library board chose to add security. We've added security for county facilities. Um, that's been... Uh, very successful. Um, we've also immediately uh, clean up encampments and remove them. And um, that has also put a lot of pressure on the folks that are trying to, to set up a home um, in the, the weeds around town. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, uh, uh, we're looking at uh, facilities, nonprofits, uh, working hard to come up with more facilities for these people. Right. And we have, yeah. as, mm -hmm. as you know, we have not put a, a, a nickel into increasing uh, funding for um, uh, low barrier facilities. Uh, we totally um, are, are the cheerleaders for the high barriers, the, the places like Samaritan House, Ray of Hope, that they have programs to get people out of a uh, that transient lifestyle, uh, drug addiction issues, alcohol addiction issues, and, and get, get them back on their feet and give them a, a plan for the future. Well, and the warming center, the warming center certainly has two now with, uh, uh, they're requiring, uh, anybody who stays there more than a few days to get counseling and get involved and make something happen with their lives or they don't get to come back. That's right. And I, I think that's a direct reflection of our community saying, <laughs> If people are going to be here, we want them on a path to be successful. And is we're not just here to throw money at a at a problem that continues to grow. Again, that we're the program is are the uh, number of uh, of homeless is down eighteen percent, and that's a that's just a great blessing for our community. All right. Randy's always a great uh, conversation. We could just go on and on here. We could. And, we could. Yeah. I, I, you know, I really enjoy this and, and I enjoy <laughs> the time to visit, but I also enjoy, this is what I do all day long. So uh, yeah. big plans, talk about these issues, mm -hmm. look for solutions. One more, uh, just a moment here. I want to talk with you a little bit about continuing. You want to continue for another six years. Uh, you still feeling real strong about that? Yeah, I, I am. I, I feel really good about it. I have filed for reelection. I'm, I'm, uh, I believe that this has been a very successful, the past five years has been very successful. We've made some uh, great uh, headway in dealing with growth and, and the problems that we've had seen in the Valley. You know, we've come through the uh, uh, COVID risk there. Uh, we've come through that very successfully. We're looking at, at a new corrections facility. We're, we're, just, we're just doing a lot of um, community uh, benefit projects and uh, without without taking away from our community as you know our taxes we we taxed less this year than we did the year before and we taxed less the year before than we did the year before that and so we're it's it's about good management it's about good government and that's what we're there to do 
And I know one thing you do is you tear everything apart three ways of, <laughs> uh, of Sunday and uh, put it back together again just to make sure it works. Yeah, and that's that is county commissioners. Yeah. That's that's what we do. All right, Randy, thanks so much. Thank you, Robin and okay, John. Have sure. a great day. You too.